The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. It's time for our weekly What to Watch in TV and streaming, but we're going to start by remembering an actor who many of us remember for decades on television. He would be known to a certain generation from his part in the Harry Potter series, but for many of us, Robbie Coltrane was a big TV star. He was brilliant a few years ago in National Treasure, which told the story of a celebrity against whom allegations were made of a very dubious nature. But let's hear him, first of all, in his BAFTA-winning role as the criminal psychologist Fitz in Cracker. It's got plenty to do with me. It hasn't, and you keep getting voice. No, I won't. Down. She's my mother, and because of you, she won't come home. So what you're doing is affecting me, right? And Katie. And you feel strongly about that, do you? I do, yeah. Hey, you know you don't, Mark. You'd have gone with her if you did. You put your mates before her. You put your local boozer before her. What, you really believe that? I know that. Eight items. I didn't go with her because I wanted to come home, OK? If I stay, it means she's got to keep in touch, doesn't it? That's why I didn't go with her. I don't believe you. Ah, of course you don't. You like to think the worst of everyone, don't you? Uh, eight items. I've got eight items. No, you haven't. Three bottles of whiskey constitutes one item. Three items? One item. Two loaves of bread constitutes one item. Two dozen eggs constitutes one item. Two. And two. Six frozen lasagnas constitutes one item. Six. Four Cornish pasties constitutes one item. Could you call the supervisor, and please? And three steak and kidney pies also constitutes one bloody item. God's sake. George, I think Cracker was one of these series of the 1990s. Yeah, it's one that everybody remembers him then. It had a huge impact. As fact, for myself, Robbie Contrail, I grew up in the 80s and started watching TV in the 80s seriously. And I rem- there was a series called Tutti Frutti that he was one of the first big ones that he was in. And I, that was the first time I was aware of him. And he was fantastic in that. And he was great in the comic strip Presents as well. He was in quite a few of those. He had a great screen presence. And like all kind of, like a lot of comedians, he could do dark and threatening uh, very well as well, you know. Uh, there was obviously a dark side to him or there was a dark side or he could play that very well but uh, Cracker yeah I mean that's that's an all time classic and I think um, a, lot, a lot of people will be looking to find that again now and watch it I think they will and National Treasure Elaine Burke you're yeah. probably too young to remember him from television I'm not but I was probably too young to be watching Cracker when I was <laughs> watching it but I absolutely remember him in it he was the icon from it like I'd remember his presence and him being in it but he had that towering presence of course it's been a week in which a lot of old timers have come back into the news. John Cleese is very much in the news. I mean, again, you're way too young to remember when Faulty Towers came out originally. I think even I am. But that's been one of those iconic programmes. Yeah, that I has watched been, it. And yeah. has it aged well? Um, well, I, I don't think it's aged too poorly when you look at other shows from then. Actually, um, I, I mean, I still love rewatching Faulty Towers and one of the beauty beautiest things about it was that it was short and sweet which is something that a lot of TV shows these days could learn from. Um, but John Cleese is in the news mainly because of comments actually that Graham Norton made about what he's doing and also he's going to be like a host of a show on GB News which is this really right wing kind of channel and um, he's also got a documentary coming out on Channel 4 called Cancel Me so he's he's kind of come For a uh, man who's been cancelled as we discussed on Friday he's a lot of platforms. Yeah he's getting so cancelled with all these TV show appearances and all these contracts and he, he's made some comments about being like an, an octogen who's not getting a voice on a platform and, and things like that and 
the age thing is the part that really bothers me. Like I hate when people are kind of blaming this stance that he takes on his age because I've heard interviews with Billy Connolly, who's a contemporary of John Cleese, and he's just not drawn into all these uh, silly things about cancel culture and about how comedy like is being stifled by it. I think his, his response in an interview with Adam Buxton about this very topic was something along the lines of, if you can't be funny without harming people, you're probably not a very good comedian to begin with. <laughs> like, so have a think about that maybe. Uh, Joe, it seems like John Cleese is turning into one of his characters from Faulty Towers, yeah. The Major. Yes, yeah, very much so. I mean, I listened to him on that, that by now kind of semi-notorious um, interview on the on BBC Today on the radio. And um, he was going on about how the BBC will never have me on. They'll never let me say what I want. And, you know, the presenter kind of gently pointed out to him, well, you're on the BBC right now talking about what you want to talk about. He's kind of turned into a kind of a cranky old guy. And there was a definite sense, there was a definite bang of uh, I'm being forgotten here and people aren't giving me my due and the BBC won't, won't let me make TV shows, so I'm going to go on uh, uh, GB News and I'm going to rattle the the the, the, uh, the cages of the of the elite and all this kind of stuff. I mean, he's the funny thing is GB GB News might be cancelled before he actually gets onto the onto the onto the channel because there was a report came out this week that Talk TV and GB News have absolutely plummeted once again in, in viewers and GB News was being, has been sold or a big chunk of it has been sold to a kind of um, a very right wing um, multimillionaire who's bought it for a quarter of the value that it was that it was a year ago so you know who knows John Cleese might and and his new uh, TV partners might be cancelled before he gets anywhere near broadcast And of course we also lost Angela Lansbury last week Murder She Wrote uh, Elaine is that something that you oh, have God, watched? I was genuinely devastated about the Angela Lansbury news like I had friends texting me to see if I was out Okay, I'm a massive Angela Lansbury fan. Like Murder She Wrote is there's a home video of my family on holiday, and we're on holiday because it was raining out watching an episode of Murder She Wrote, and we're stuck into the reveal of who the killer was at the end. What was so alluring about Murder She Wrote? It was just so charming, and this like really light-hearted twee show that always centered around a murder. It's still really delightful to watch now. Like it ends with a freeze frame, usually of people laughing, even though there's been a grisly murder in every yeah. single episode. It, and there was also this kind of sentiment about it that like it was a leading woman who was an older woman and she really took control of the show as well. Like she was an ex- executive producer, as far as I know, for the entirety of its duration. And like you didn't really, you still don't really get characters like that or roles like that for older women. And like she was completely independent and she like she spoke about her late husband a lot in the show, but she wasn't like tied to anyone in a relationship or anything like that. She was just this independent older woman living her best life. And it was great to see that. Joe, were you a fan? Uh, no, but oh, I was a fan of, An- of Angela Lansbury. It definitely was, and of course, she lived in Bally- near Ballycotton in East Cork for for many many years. And people around uh, uh, Cork have been kind of sharing stories about how. To, oh yeah, I used to meet her in Tesco's, and we, we'd have a chat and stuff like that. So she was much loved in Cork and, and had very strong roots here. Okay, what do you think of Tess Cahill stepping down as the host of the Sunday Game, Joe? Um, it's it's kind of, you know, it is, we're talking about the end of eras and stuff like that. It is kind of the end of an era because he's been doing it for, for 15 years or more. And, you know, he he has been very much the face of the GA on, on RT. And the Sunday game is, of course, this iconic show for us. It's our match of the day, really, you know, when it comes to the GA. It's, you know, he says he wants to kind of take a step back. He's, I suppose you call him a veteran at this stage. He is going to continue, of course. Uh, he's going to st- uh, stay on with, with the race. 
radio and he's going to have you know be, still be a very prominent broadcaster in GA. It's just it's it's a sign. We know that the that the, the RTGA presentation team and the and the pundit team have been getting a shake up recently, and this seems to be the last of the kind of the kind of the old guard that they're moving out. I mean, the Sunday game will go on. GA obviously remains as popular as ever. It's it's just going to be a bit. You know, the first few episodes of the Sunday game about Des Cattle are going to be a bit sad. Okay, any interest in that, Elaine? It won't affect me at all, no, I can say that much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what did you make of the return of Dermot Bannon last night with another lavish property programme, people are saying, in the middle of a housing crisis? Is that fair? I don't think the appetite for uh, property porn has really dissipated with the housing crisis. Like, it's it's still a genre of television that people love to lap up. Um, I think there is, like, questions to be asked about is it in good taste or whatever? But at the end of the day, it's still going to be something that people watch. And like people didn't really watch Room to Improve because they were aspirational builders. They wanted to watch a bit of conflict between uh, the featured uh, house owners and Dermot Bannon. Like that's kind of the juicy parts of these shows. Which you don't get in these uh, travelogues, Joe. No, you don't. And I, they, that's why they probably don't have the same attraction and the same punch uh, as his regular show and what she's known for best for. It's tough for Derek Bannon. I mean, the thing about this kind of looking around lavish homes, I think the reason why he gets away with it is he's not one of these kind of lifestyles of the rich and famous type guys. You know, he has a kind of a certain goofy charm and he has a kind of a, you know, a slightly raised eyebrow going, you know, well, this is a bit off the charts here or this is special. He's a genuine enthusiast of what he's doing and people like to live vicariously I mean of course none of us or very few of us I'll have to speak for myself here but will ever be able to afford anything like these houses or the level of opulence that they reach but we still like to see them we still like to see inside the doors and kind of dream about you know a lottery winning someday we could and, and Dermot Bannon's got the, he's got the, he's got enough of that kind of you know that goofy charm as I said to carry it off he's not making he's not he's not kind of pointing at these things and saying look at this peasants he's kind of you know he's in on it with us as well Something I want to check with you, Elaine Burke, given that you're editor of Silicon Republic as your day job. Netflix, the big tech streaming service, bringing in ads, but not for Ireland, which has surprised me because it has been brought in for the UK. And I thought we effectively got the same content service in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, like, I mean, the division is Netflix UK and Ireland. So I was surprised that Ireland wasn't part of the first markets that are going to get this new service. And it's a cheaper tier then if you're getting the ad support service. Uh, it's launching in November in the UK, US and, and 10 other territories. I would imagine that Ireland won't be far behind. It is expected to roll out nearly fully in early 2023. Um, but it could be just a pricing Thing with the UK and Ireland, like we don't have the same currency. That's the one big difference that you'd have. So maybe it was just that they didn't want to launch the euro product until they're launching in other uh, euro um, markets. Now they are launching in a couple of euro markets, but maybe that's something. Well, that would make sense. Uh, tell us, maybe, what, sorry, Joe. Yes? Sorry, maybe with the way the English economy is going, they probably maybe they think that they need a budget service over there quicker <laughs> than we do. Okay. Uh, also, Elaine, tell us about the Instagram star who's got a Channel 4 series. Oh, this is so exciting. I'm just delighted for Francis Bourgeois, whose real name is actually Luke Nicholson. Um, but he's Francis Bourgeois on TikTok and Instagram. He has millions of followers and he's a train spotter. So he's kind of made train spotting a little trendy again because he's this really popular influencer. And literally all he does is get really, really excited on train platforms looking at different kind of trains coming in. I don't even understand what's special about the trains half the time, but there's something just really charming about this guy. Uh, He's a young engineering student himself. Um, I think he quit his day job once he got really uh, 
good at being an influencer. He's now modelled for Gucci and he met Joe Jonas for a bit of spot train spotting before. So he's kind of done these little celebrity um, visitations on his uh, platforms. And now he's teaming up with Channel 4 to do a web series that's going to be released on Channel 4's YouTube channel. And then snippets will also be released on Channel 4's social media. So their Instagram and TikTok. So I find interest about this also that he's getting a show and that's really lovely. But is this going to be a new format that other channels might start um, trialling with these uh, social influencers, trying to capture audiences that maybe don't agree, uh, don't um, use direct uh, broadcast television as their main format of getting this kind of entertainment? So it's kind of an interesting avenue for Channel 4 to explore, I think. Pick of the week for you, Joe, please. Um, this is a kind of unusual map. I think it's, it's kind of cool to occasionally point people at something they almost certainly would miss. It's tonight on BBC Four. Storyville is the fire within. It's at 9pm on BBC Four tonight. Werner Herzog makes great documentaries. We know that. This is, uh, sounds like it's an incredible one. There was a, two volcanologists, there were a couple called Katia and Morris Kraft, they were French. And in 1991, after a lifetime of examining volcanoes, they went up Mount Unzen in Japan. Um, and uh, it says it pretty much at the start of the documentary, they died on Mount Unzen in 1991. Now, they had loads of footage of themselves looking at volcanoes, examining vol- volcanoes. They were volcanologists. And Werner Herzog has got uh, uh, 200 hours of, the, of these clips and TV appearances and he's put together a tale of obsession, of love, of volcanoes and it's supposed to be spectacular. So I'm really looking forward to this. The Fire Within, 9pm, BBC4 tonight. And your recommendation, Elaine, is something that has been dropping on a week-by-week basis and the last episode was on Friday. Mm-hmm. But now that means those who haven't seen it can binge the entire 10 episodes of... Bad Sisters, yes. If you don't already have an Apple TV subscription solely to watch this show, get one for this month only and binge the whole thing because it's finally all on the platform. And you can do severance as well at the same time. Get more bang for your book there. But Bad Sisters has been one of the best things ever to have come out of Ireland. Now, it's an international production, mm-hmm. but it is very, very Irish. And I think, as I've said on this show before, I don't think I've ever seen Dublin in Ireland look as well, look as lush it's in so a TV series. It's scenic. It looks beautiful. You can spot a lot of uh, lovely coastal locations in Dublin being used there. And uh, it is very, very Irish, but definitely made for an international audience, which you'll see in a specific scene where two Dublin men describe to one another what a breakfast roll is, which was a bit bizarre to watch as a Dubliner, because that would literally never happen in real life. But it is darkly funny and has a really great, great performances throughout the whole thing. It's terrific television. Yeah, and actually, I think one of the stars of the show is the Danish actor Cleese Bang, who plays the uh, absolutely hateable brother that is the subject of these murderous sisters the husband, sorry, the husband, oh, sorry, the the husband, husband brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, a very important distinction. we got to leave it there. Thank you very much, Elaine Burke and Joe Shape. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,